Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast, your first stop for news, chat, and all the usual stuff you'd expect from a 40-odd minute podcast about the NFL by a bunch of British guys. We're through week 14, which means it is squeaky bum time, especially if you're a player playoff caliber team with a quarterback integral to, to your game plan eagles fans don't worry too much 2016's raiders fans know exactly how you feel i'm joined this week by the two toms tom willoughby and inside zone editor-in-chief tom like i thought it was an exciting weekend this weekend i mean ignore the tight games we had our first snow game did you enjoy it unbelievable can we get more it's... it was dreadful come on come on it was, oh. it was dreadful. It was like it, it was it was like watching people on slow motion. I mean, the the lines moved so slowly. You, you thought the the game was at about half speed, but Shady McCoy. I mean, he is the most prolific man in snow. Is that that's two games in about three years now? Where he's just gone mental, isn't he? I mean, given that no one was passing the ball, but it was kind of bizarre for me. So I was ill with an upset stomach, upset stomach on Sunday. So I was watching Red Zone in bed, sort of half asleep and a bit delirious. So you can imagine that that Colts-Bills <laughs> game felt a little bit like a fever dream. Yeah. Like I was, you know, going mad. What's happening here? Am I awake? Am I asleep? Anyway, on the show today, um, we're going to be talking, ooh, what hope is left for the Eagles and for the MVP race in general in light of Carson Wentz's injury against the Rams. We're going to ask a question that I never thought I would give serious credence to. Are the Jacksonville Jaguars for real? (sighs) The Rams have been a great story this year, also going from abysmal to brilliant. And who do we think at this stage looks like they might just do that next year? Um, So obviously, let's not dwell on 2017 too much. Um, And we've got some incredible wide receiver play around this year, um, every year, but I think especially this year. But I'm asking myself, Tom and Tom, which one receiver we'd build our franchise around but first to the philadelphia cemetery or at least that's what it must feel like after carson wentz leaves that tight tight nfc matchup with the rams with what turns out to be a torn acl wentz got the injury on a run diving for the goal line with the sort of confidence that only youth can bring so can philadelphia still drink win the super bowl and if not how weird is this that it leaves them sort of well what are they still playing for um tom do you want to go first we overcame a Pro Bowl left tackle. Um, we overcame our middle linebacker. We've overcome a running back. We've overcome a, a, a core special teams player this year, our kicker this year. Uh, this is no no different. Was that for me it's or Tom. for Willow? Sorry, was that for me? Tom like. Tom, it's Tom like. Um, oh, we have this every week. Um, Tom. Tom is Tom. Yes. Okay. Tom. Yes. Tom. Tom. Apo- apologies, <laughs> apologies, Willow. I will be called Tom. Yeah. So please don't cut that out. Where, where, where does it leave the Eagles? Was that really the question you posed? Um, don't know really. It's just probably the honest answer. I mean, they've got Nick Foles, and maybe if they can get the Nick Foles that Chip Kelly got, who got twenty-seven touchdowns, two, two interceptions, then yeah, perhaps they can go to Super Bowl. But I, I think this is going to be this. Get, from now on, it's all about Philadelphia's defense. Um, when Wentz went down, Foles stepped in, he was okay, and Philly kind of relied on that strong run game of J.O.J., Corey Clement, uh, LeGarrette, was it LeGarrette, LeGarrette Blunt? He, he, yeah. He's still in there, yeah? yeah. yeah. And they've got that strong defense. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I think that what's going to happen is that teams are going to start to crowd the line of scrimmage, load the box, send more blitzes after foals because he hasn't played for a while, so maybe he's not as good picking up the picking up blitzes, picking up the hot reads. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's going to put them in the in the Super Bowl picture anymore. Unfortunately, before the injury, I had them at the, as the second best team in the NFC, but right now I'd say they're probably not even in the top six. And especially when I I watched the Panthers Vikings game, and that's two very very impressive football teams in the NFC who I, I think are probably or arguably are better than the Philadelphia Eagles, led by Nick Foles at the minute. I, yeah, I, I don't I don't think they can win the Super Bowl, and that's um, that's kind of sad, really. I mean, Nick Foles is, is a pretty good backup. You alluded earlier to his uh, 2013 season, which was uh, 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Crazy. I think during that season, in one game, didn't he? He tied the record for the most touchdowns in a game at seven, yeah. um, which is, you know, one of those weird stats that is <laughs> makes the NFL look strange, um, but it's a, it's a pretty tough N- NFC for them to get through those playoffs, don't you think, Willow? No, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd agree. Um, there there are plenty of fantastic defenses, and whether or not Nick Foles can hit the ground running is well, he, he didn't look great um, when he when he came on the weekend. Granted, he was only in for what a quarter, a couple, couple of series, yeah. Um, I, th- I think I think the biggest issue for the Eagles' offense moving forward is. A lot of it kind of relies on how mobile Carson Wentz is. He's a pretty good runner, um, not necessarily sort of downfield, but sort of eluding pressure. And Nick Foles doesn't strike me as the sort of quarterback who'd be able to evade uh, sort of pressures and sacks as well. That's um, pretty fair. Yep. So all I'm going to say is maybe give CK, Mr. Kaepernick, a call. I don't know. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna. I'm gonna push that for the rest of my life. I think. But um, no. They're, listen, they're, they're they're in the playoffs. They've got a shot, um, and their defense is much better than what the Raiders was last season. So, who knows? And, and Nick Nick Foles is is not Connor Cook. Let's 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 make a you know, Nick Foles absolutely is, is no, an able back. Yeah. Like we said, yeah. I mean, I I think I think there has been many many teams that you could legitimately say Colin Kaepernick has been a better option at backup quarterback. I'm not so sure the Eagles are because, I mean, because Nick Foles has that sort of possibility of 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, he won't do it. But I don't know you just sort of think with a good offensive coordinator, and when he sort of like, I mean, it's 2015 at the Rams when he had that season when they last chance he's had to really start, he was not good. No. Um, but that was the Rams. Yeah, he's good at the Rams, yeah. So, um, non, I mean, non, nonetheless, even if they do get through the NFC, um, I mean, what chance do you give a backup quarterback against um, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin or even that Jacksonville D? But, yeah, the NFC race, just, just quickly summing up the teams, you've got sort of three great defences. OK, you've got the Eagles, but there's Minnesota and Carolina. You've got an opportunistic, youthful defence backing of a fantastic offence in New Orleans. You've got a leaky run D, but a a great pass D and another dynamic offense in LA. And we've not even talked about teams like the Falcons and the Seahawks who are sort of on the edge looking in and could easily make a deep um, playoff run. Um, I think it's probably more likely that he'll be Nick Foles than Case Keenum, um, shall we say. And I was going to say, should we have an MVP chat? But there was a a great quote from Bill Bar, a great tweet from Bill Barnwell. Um, I'm obviously quite a big Bill Barnwell fan, but you point out that Wentz tore his ACL, Russell Wilson threw three interceptions, and Brady went zero for about 3,000 on third down on Monday night. It's sort of like, why don't we just sack off the MVP race this year and just come back next year? Fins up, baby. (laughs) Sorry, you, you, you (sighs) you, you alluded to the Monday night game. You knew that that would get me going, so. Just so that we don't. We, sorry, we don't have it on a discussion topic. So I'm gonna have to stop you right there, Tom. 
it worked. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, does anyone have anything to say on MVP? Because it's you can talk about it till you're blue in the face, but after a week that it's gone kind of badly for all of the sort of the three main participants. I don't know, that, that year in the 80s when they gave it to a kicker, you know, I've always been kind of Justin Tucker. Johnny Hecker's punting. Maybe, maybe we should just do that just for fun. Antonio Brown, caring. perhaps. Antonio Brown, perhaps, could be a name. Uh, maybe a, a hipster pick there. Maybe a bit, of a bit of a trendy pick. Antonio Brown. I've seen a few. People. Well, if 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 a winner of Dancing with the Stars can ever be a hipster and trendy pick for anything, then Antonio Brown can be that. But I think we might just be. We might just be, there's a chance we'll be talking about Antonio Brown a little later in the show. So I'm going to push that off to one side. Now, moving on. Over the last few years, I think I've been I've been really sick of feeling unjustifiably personally let down by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not even a fan. But so many, oh, they're nearly there, puff pieces, wore me down. So I desperately want to be sceptical about this team. But a tough win over an always strong in December Seattle Seahawks team has them one win behind New England for the number two seed in the AFC. Jacksonville, a clutch run when they needed it. Yeah, we're going to ask if the Jacksonville Jaguars are for real. And I'm going to ask Willow first because I've got a very specific layup for Tom that I want to ask him in a bit. So, Willow, are the Jags for real? This is an answer in two parts, so I apologise. The answer is that their defence is definitely for real. But you can't trust Blake Bortles. What was it a couple of weeks ago? The last time I was on, one of the conversations and pieces was... Um, who's the worst quarterback heading into the playoffs. And I'm pretty certain we all mentioned Blake Bortles in some form or another. I don't think you can trust Blake Bortles. Although he was pretty good at the weekend and has been kind of hot and cold. He's not someone you really want to be trusting your aspirations with. That being said, I think they figured out that they can't really get rid of him until probably the end of the season. If they do sort of extend him till next season, then fair enough. Um, and have just built an outrageously good defense to try and counter it. Um, and defense wins championships, I suppose. So, yes and no. I, I would be leaning towards the yes, they can probably win a playoff game. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> that was, um, so, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, with bottles, you, you don't necessarily trust him not to go full Jake Delholm in the playoffs. Now, 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 Tom, I want to ask you, um, I want to start talking about Bortles' very specific question and the Jags in general. Because at the back end of his career, a certain Dan Marino, a legendary, yet aging quarterback, came up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs in 2000. And the Jags handed him and the Dolphins a historic 62-7 playoff beatdown. Now, it's 2017, and we have another AFC East, AFC East team with a legendary aging quarterback. I think the stars are currently aligned that there may be a tasty meeting, so maybe in the divisional round. Um, but my question is, can the Jags end Tom Brady's career like they did Marino's? Oh, I mean, I, I must admit, I thought about this earlier where I thought, I, I looked at this question and I, I, I thought, you fancy the Jags against most teams and then against against the Patriots, especially after what we saw last night, if they have a game for the ages and Blake Bortles just goes absolute bananas for you know his best performance ever, then... Perhaps they could win, but whether they'll beat them down to the extent that they beat down that Dan Marino-led team, I, I don't think they'll put up 
the amount of points and it'll be that bad, it'll be down. But I, I, I honestly, who would have thought I'd be saying this at the start of the year or even at the end of last year? But I think the Jacksonville Jaguars could walk into Foxborough and take down the New England Patriots. There you go. I've said it. That's on record. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you do feel like they can um, beat any team on their day. Um, their day being, you know, a day that bottles doesn't go full Del Hom. But they've got the best cornerback corner league. They've probably got one of the best safety core, one of the best, if not the best, linebacker core, possibly even the best pass rush, and yeah. incredibly good defensive tackles. Any any team that they're going up against with a slightly edgy quarterback or a less than perfect defensive line, and that could well be that. I mean, but, and, and Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, they've got a good offensive line. It, it yeah. can be exploited, it can be weak. I think New England is maybe a touch slightly behind that, even though I've been really impressed with the play of um, their centre, specifically David Andrews this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible, but yeah. Um, I, I do, think... you get, do you get three good Blake Bortles games in a row that can that... get them to win the Super Bowl? I don't think you can. That's the thing, and I, I don't want to talk about the, the Dolphins game against the Patriots, but I, but I will. So I, I think Miami kind of, <laughs> I was going to get in here somewhere, and we'll, we'll, we'll string it off the back of the Jags, but I think the Dolphins showed yesterday that the way to beat the Patriots is the way that you always have to beat the Patriots. You've got to get pressure up the interior, only rush four, and drop seven into coverage and fluster Brady, and that, that, that is how the Jags, that's how they've played this whole year. They've got, like you said, one of the best def- defensive lines, but arguably the best interior, and then you've got Calais Campbell as well. You, they, all they have to do is rush four, which leaves seven into coverage. You've got the two best corners who can play press coverage on the outside. You've got Paul Puzlasny, who's a tackling machine, and Miles Jack running around everywhere. And then you've got Barry Church, one of the best safeties in the league against the run. I think, like you said, they've got an extremely strong defense. The running game, I, I mean, they're, they're punching above their weight there in terms of the production they're getting out of their offensive line, which I, I, I think is quite talent poor, but it seems to be clicking at the minute. And then, like you said, you just hope Blake Balls doesn't throw the game away. I, I think the Jags are for real, and I think they must fancy their chances against anyone they play in the in the, um, in the uh, AFC playoffs. Perhaps, like you mentioned, maybe not Pittsburgh. I don't think they can... You know that that offensive line might be a bit too much. I might have to start sending more more pressure there. But I think against anyone else, the Jags must fancy their chances. The, the Jags haven't played Pittsburgh this year, have they? Because I was just thinking those cornerbacks against Antonio Brown um, would be fantastically fun to watch. I suppose, but they, they'd probably use Ramsey. They'd probably chip him on the line of Ramsey and maybe give safety help over the top or. Or put put a, a linebacker in coverage of them. I'm not I'm not sure how he he is a unique beast, as I'm sure we'll allude to later. It, that would be a very interesting matchup to see, just how they try and scheme to take away Brown. Especially as you've now got sort of decent secondary weapons in Pittsburgh. Um, should we? I mean, does anyone want to talk about the Jags anymore? You guys know far more about the Jags than I do, man. I saw them this year; and they were awesome. But like you, you summed it up pretty well. Fair enough. That 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 London game. I mean, that 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 London game and um, Sunday night's game against Seattle makes you think that they can like they can do anything. Yeah, um, yeah. they could beat an all star eleven. If it's all, clicking. if you were only watching the NFL this season, like, this was your first season watching American football, you, you probably wouldn't understand the skepticism around the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a good. That's a good take. I I, I, I feel I feel like if. That, that's very true, and, and it, that, that actually could be the case of a lot of things. I mean, you look at Case Keenum, you'd be like, wow, this is a good young quarterback. Anyone would want to build their franchise rounds, but we've all kind of been burnt by him. We've got the stigma surrounding him, but no, I, I agree with that. Right? Maybe the Jags. Yeah. yeah. It's 2017, chalk it off, strike it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're wishing your life away, Willow. It's not a good thing. Um, 
Speaking of wishing your life away, I'm going to start talking about Jeff. Well, this intro has Jeff Fisher, so trigger warning for Jeff Fisher, everyone, because we're hopping back to the NFC. And do you remember last year? Do you remember um, Jeff, and I've got his middle name, Jeff, I'm a dinosaur who is rubbish and should never be near a football team, Fisher. The same Jeff, Jeff Fisher, who didn't even get an assistant job or any coaching job after being fired. The only time anyone's seen Jeff Fisher since he's been fired, someone took a photo of him buying groceries in Montana. It's a true story. Well, thanks to him, mainly the Rams went 4-12 last year. But this year, they're a pretty decent bet to mirror that with 12-4. And it kind of got me thinking. Um, while no one goes from worst to first anymore, although if you want to stay on the Rams team, the greatest show on turf actually did that one year. But teams, too, go from few wins to many from year to year. And what better time with a whole bunch of teams, nothing to look forward to, eliminated from playoff contention, to think about that. Um who is the best candidate? And I'm looking for teams who are on four or fewer wins at the moment. So there's eight teams to choose from, so you can't claim that I haven't given you choice. Who's the best candidate of the current crop of terrible teams to do just that and win a whole heap of games next year? Tom. San Francisco 49ers. Probably the easiest pick there. Probably the most straightforward, I think. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo, the franchise quarterback. Carl Shanahan can scheme an offense around him based on who John Lynch drafts, picks up in free agency. Niners have got the most cap space of any team in the NFL, so I know they're probably going to have to deal with the Garoppolo contract, but then John Lynch can essentially have a splurge in free agency, stock that offensive playmakers, kind of like what we've seen in Philadelphia with um, in Philadelphia this year where they surrounded Wentz. Yep, it still hurts, but with a lot of uh, good players. And then they've got a good, yo- a good young core nucleus on defense. They've got Amik Armstead, Solomon Thomas, and DeForest Buckner. They're going to have good careers. They're solid defensive linemen. Ruben Foster, it still hurts Miami didn't pick him. I mean, he's playing lights out as a rookie. And the secondaries, you know, they've, they've got some players back there in the secondary. I, I think the 49ers, to me, seem the most logical and most straightforward answer to the question. The uh, stocking with playmakers, that's quite an interesting one. I'm just... Um... Players who are in contract years, um, and I've managed to completely fail to get a complete up-to-date list, so some of these probably aren't in contract years. I'm pretty sure Keenan Allen signed a new deal, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did. um, I'm pretty sure Doug Baldwin did. So Devontae Adams might be the top wide receiver who is available in free agency. Would you want to... I mean, you might might prefer Alshon to free. um, Oh, Jeffrey has also signed one. So you sort of you're scratching around a little bit. I think you could Do you think that there are good enough players in free agency to surround Garoppolo with weapons because at the moment his um, best wide receiver is a triple jumper, uh, uh, and that's uh, can about I, his entire. Boy, Sorry, can, can I throw a curveball in wide receiver wise, uh, who, who may well be available for the 49ers? Um, Williams, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, yeah, Jarvis Landry. You know, there's a lot of reports there that he won't be in Miami. I think if, if the 49ers, if they draft Saquon Barkley, sign a Jarvis Landry or a Devontae Adams, and then maybe sign someone like a, a Taylor Gabriel or a, 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 a speedster guy who can, who can like, That's Shanahan loves stretching. Pardon? That, that, that was going to happen, sorry. The yeah. t- Taylor Gabriel, that, that, that was going to happen. Yeah, I think Shanahan, Shanahan loves him. He, he's so versatile. I, th- I, I think, and Jimmy G, he... I know it's very young in his career and, and he looks amazing, but he, he to me, he seems like the type of quarterback who, who makes players better who play with him. He, he just passes the eye test so far. He's, he's, been, he's been unbelievable in his, in his first few starts. And he's 2-0. and oh. He should retire now. <laughs> so has he, has, he, has he never lost a game? Has he not lost a game that he started yet then? 
I, I believe so. Because he was 2-0 and I went, yeah. He was beating the Dolphins quite handsomely before um, he, he exited the game. And then I believe he, did he beat the Cardinals last year? Was he quarterback for that one? Did he, yes. Was, was that the first two games last season, he was um, quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah. And then he got injured. Against, uh, I, think he, I think they ended up three and one. Well, Brady was up. Um, and Brissett stepped in for the yeah, third yeah. gap. They lost to the Bills. And they the got fourth, swept in there. Uh... Yeah. yeah, so so he, he's, had a, he's had a pretty remarkable career in a, a very short amount of time. But I digress. Who, who do you guys think? Go on, Nick. Okay, I'm going to go then, because uh, my nomination, and I, I I find myself talking about this team too much, um, one of my good friends is a fan of them, um, and they are have a lot in common with the Rams this year, because it's the Chicago Bears. Um, first up, what have they got at the moment? They've got an old and past it head coach, who will surely be gone soon. Second up, they've got, they're going to have a second year quarterback, who's the high draft pick. I mean, sure, there's not really that much in common between Jared Goff and Mitchell Trubisky, but hey. Trubisky's been better than Goff was. Third, they've got pretty darn good defence. I mean, you've got a lot of very good, often quite underrated, two like Adrian Amos, Akeem Hicks, Leonard Floyd, Eddie Jackson, Danny Trevathan, Eddie Goldman, sort of players who a nice fit in most teams, especially Adrian Amos has been fantastic. Um, like the Rams, they, um, the Rams had subtle wide receivers last year, so I had to desperately get them in. How bad the situation in Chicago? Well, Kendall Wright got 100 receiving yards in the win over Cincinnati. Kendall Wright. Um, oh, and did I also mention that they have an incredibly talented running back, just like the Rams did? That's jo- the uh, perennially underrated Jordan Howard, who um, ran, I think, over 150 yards and two touchdowns for my fantasy bench last week. Um, in fact, you, know, you might I even go as far as to say that the Bears are possibly in a stronger position. I reckon they've got a better O-line. It's a pretty decent O-line uh, than LA did last year. And I guess all they need to do is kind of, like LA strike complete unexpected gold with a new head coach and hire a legend for a defensive coordinator and get some wide receivers in. Um, I think that would, I think that can happen. Um, and it would be equally unlikely. <laughs> Willow, who have you got? Yes, yeah, so that's a pretty good shout though. Um, I, essentially you took away my option when you, um, when you said it had to be four teams or less. Uh, so sorry, I was, I was scrabbling through the uh, the rankings to see who's got what, um, and the one that fouled, the one that I fell to uh, was the Indianapolis Colts, um, because yeah. likely Andrew Luck will be back next year. Mm. Hang on, let me find some. Uh, knock on as much wood as you can. In a <laughs> few um, and T. Hilton's a really good. Um, wide receiver also but mainly for the reason well one of the reasons you alluded to with the the bears Chuck Pagano is not going to be there next year right surely not yeah just get someone with half a brain uh and a little bit more competence and you may well see uh the resurgence of the Indianapolis Colts um but what's what what I've kind of liked about them this year is that while they've been losing and boy have they been losing um they haven't been losing by much, they haven't been. Well, they're, they're, every now and then they get the, they get the odd blow up, but they've been they've been sticking in there. And you feel like with a a player such as Andrew Luck, they can turn those close losses into victories. And maybe well, there, there we go. Um, but no, I like. Uh, I became less and less uh, <laughs> sure of my point as I, as I carried on talking. I like the Bears as a choice. I think that's a great shout. I'm going to be. I'm going to be honest. Uh, my, my concern with the Colts is that the roster doesn't look that talent rich yeah um i mean look at the uh, defensive sort of starters and they're playing people like um former draft busts like barkevius mingo and uh, margus hunt um 
I'm kind of struggling to name anyone in a secondary um, since Vontae Davis went. Um, yeah. I know Rashawn Melvin's had quite a good year, but I think he's on IR now. Um, I think what, one shout that I thought um, someone was going to make, and I thought this was the most nailed on shout, so I thought I'll avoid it and let you guys pick the low-hanging fruit to use some horrible, horrible office speak. Um, the Houston Texans. Oh, oh. Because... Four, four and nine, um, point differential yeah, of mi- minus 23, which is incidentally only a point differential of only two worse than the eight and five Tennessee Titans. Um, they are a Deshaun Watson away from being a top team. I mean, they don't have a first round pick next year, um, but they're going to have a high second round pick. They've already got a pretty strong roster. If they, I mean, if they get a JJ Watt back, fantastic, but they look pretty decent in defense without it. I think. A little bit more on the skill positions. I think they still haven't solved their running back issues with um, Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman. Neither of them look quite like the answer yet, but that's the same for a lot of teams. I think a bit of O-line strengthening will help with that. Um, Yeah, I I, I thought someone was going for the Titans. Um, The other four teams we haven't mentioned, um, if anyone wants to give give a shout for them... uh, and I'm going down the list um, from the NFL.com standing. So the first one that comes up is the Cleveland Browns. Anyone think they can win a bunch of games next year? They're rebuilding. I'm, I'm going to put my reputation on the line and say they will win a game next season. I mean, given that Hugh Jackson will be back next year, that is a very, very bold shout. Uh, the Denver Broncos, who are 4-9, and nine, and John Elway is blaming everyone else. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if Paxton Lynch finally starts... For them and, and the defense is, is still pretty good there, so uh, you never you can never rule the Broncos out. I think. Mm, I, I I think if if they're relying on Paxton Lynch, you can. Um, the New York Giants. Yeah, it depends. it depends on what they're going to do. Um, sort of with their, it, 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 I think a lot of it's going to come down to what they do with Eli Manning. If yeah. they stay with them, I can't see them going much more than five next year. If they, if they move on, then who knows? The sky's the limit. Yeah, I mean, if if they if they move on, get actually some of them, some non broken wide receivers, um, they're probably going to have the number two quarterback, whoever that settles on the draft, be it Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson. Please not Baker Mayfield for their own can, sake. Can, can I make a bold um, prediction here? If if you must. So it's currently December twelfth, two thousand seventeen. We've not even had the bowl games yet, and I'm going to put this down here. The Cleveland Browns. I'm going to select Josh Rosen number one overall, and I'll tell. I'll, I mean, I'll tell you why. That's that's the sort of the, the consensus pick at the moment, isn't it? I'll tell you why. I've seen a lot of things circulating that Hugh Jackson has been looking ahead for these quarterbacks, and he wants to take Rosen number one. And Sashi Brown did not want to take a quarterback number one overall, and that's part of the reason I believe why he was fired. So that that's my that's my prediction there. Rosen will go number one. It'd be Could, pretty funny if they selected two quarterbacks uh, with their I, two top I, picks. I, I know. What, gonna... One and six. Just <laughs> take the that would be amazing. Oh, uh, God, I hope they do that. And they're both bust. This is totally going off a tangent here, but I actually think that the Browns should do the Kirk Cousins method that the Redskins had. I think you take someone number one, then you take someone in the fourth round just to take a flyer on someone like, like, like the Redskins did. But that's probably for another podcast, I imagine. Okay, we've got one more team. Um, I doubt anyone's going to stand up for this because we've got two NFC South fans here, but the other one is Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, all right. It depends what they do at quarterback, doesn't it? Uh, I could see that. Well, I, I mean, they've got, they got a good yeah. chance to sort their secondary out and maybe hope Jameis isn't so much of a knucklehead. 
sort their secondary out, sort their offensive line out, sort their um, head coach front out. Seven who aren't Levo- yeah, head coach, front seven who aren't Levante David and Gerald McCoy out. Um, yeah, no, that that should be. Now Spence has been bad this year. Um, give me another year. Look at give me no, another year. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm moving on. Putting his foot because he's out. Because because we we want to talk about some flashiness. Like, okay, do you like wide receivers? Because I like wide receivers, and we're living in an absolute golden age. We I have thought, generational deep threats. Th- we have th- no. I'm moving. I'm moving I, on. I'm moving I thought on. you were doing a promo. I thought, are we sponsored? I didn't realize we, <laughs> <laughs> it went. Do you like wide receivers? I thought. I thought. What, what's Nick doing here? Is, is he got his own agenda here? He's pushing. But no, no. Continue. Would you like me to tone it down? No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Keep it flashy. I like it. But I'm moving on. Right, you there. Do you like wide receivers? Because I like wide receivers, and we're living in a golden age. We have generational deep threats, possession receivers, slot receivers, athletic freaks, which is a word I never feel comfortable saying. But we're seeing week in, week out, how much of a difference a top wide receiver can make. I mean, Josh Gordon came back, and not only did he make Deshaun Kaiser look like he'd actually play quarterback, but the Browns almost beat the Packers. So if you wanted to snag one wide receiver for your theoretical new franchise to make whoever your quarterback is feel comfortable or to take your team, make your team exciting, whatever you want to do for, you're spoiled for choice. But for this podcast, you can only pick one. Who do you choose? Um, I'm going to ask Tom Willoughby first, because I think I might, I know who he might choose. Uh, well, yeah, right. it would it would be so easy for me to say uh, who you think I'm going to say. And you know what? I will. God damn it. Julio Jones is the best receiver in the league. And it's not even close. But he's not a player who has currently had a team built around him. And that may shock you considering he's sort of led the league in passing yards for the last however many years. Um, you've seen over the last three years. What, yeah, wow. What? Whatever. Uh, you, you you see what he can do when he's targeted like 12 to 15 times a game, considering he's the only player in like history to have three plus 250-yard games. Just do that. Um, it tends to work out well. Um, if, if you were to build a, a team around a, around a wide receiver who is going to get you yards and sometimes convert those yards into points, uh, Julio Jones is your man. Um, you, you do need to target him all the time, uh, and even, um, even even when he's being targeted, he's still a pretty good, pretty good decoy. How yeah, many, I, I, how, how many yeah. touchdowns he got this year? Just just three, interest. three, three or four. So yeah. you, you, that's um twenty twenty one points in a season if you sign a kicker. Um, hmm. Hmm. This is that's that's the the point I was trying to get across uh, among my stumbling words was that. <laughs> The Falcons haven't built a team around him. Um, they've, they've sort of built a team around Matt Ryan as opposed to Julio Jones, and that's why his touches per game tend to be much lower than Antonio Brown and the like, uh, and his, he doesn't score many touchdowns as a result, even though it's blatantly obvious, given he's six foot six, and I don't know how heavy he is, 200-something. I don't, I don't even know if that makes sense. But just give him the ball all the time, and he'll score you loads of yards and maybe points if you're lucky. It's an interesting thing with Jones that the season that he missed most of the year, 2013, was the one where the Falcons finished 4-12. and 12. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, obviously Julio Jones is fantastically brilliant. Um, 
And we thought we'd leave him for you because I'm going next. And there's only one choice for me. And it's the guy who's helped both a much derided rookie become a star and this this season and also possibly saved a strip second waiting's backup career. That's DeAndre Nook Hopkins. No! Yes! But for the record, That's he was my, my second pick. Oh, I was certain you were going to go Antonio Brown. Oh, dear. Uh, you, well, you're going to have to now. But, oh, um, I mean, as anyone who watched Hard Knocks will know, um, Nuke is fantastic fun. He's also an incredible receiver because he's got athletic, long-reaching sideline catches. He's a crisp route runner. He's got incredible strength breaking out of the toughest of cornerback jams. So you've got athletics. You've got fantastic hands. Um, he's a comfort blanket to looks. Um Ignoring his actually not that bad rookie year, um, he's topped a thousand yards three out times out of four. The only other year he was forty six yards short. And when you consider who he's had at quarterback those years, um, we've had some bits of Brian Hoyer, we've had some bits of Ryan Fitzpatrick, some Brock Osweiler, um, some Tom Savage, plenty of Tom Savage, and only a soup son of Deshaun Watson. Ryan Mallet, um, he's TJ ba- Yates, Brandon. Ryan Ma- You're doing my work for me here, Tom. It's almost like you had the same choice. Um, he's kept the Texans offense really. I mean, so many games, it's just sort of ridiculous how much it seems like he's targeting, how much this team relies on him to keep them going when it looks like they're stuck into mud. But he's also so much fun to watch. So, you know, hopefully he'll get the fans in. Um, so, Tom, I, I was going to ask if you were going to go for a dolphin, but I can't think of any. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> who's your choice going to be? Um, <clears throat> I've gone for Antonio Brown. Simply because but have you have you? Is he your first choice? Well, you sound so excited about that choice. Please, please well, tell me more. Firstly, Nick took my choice, and then secondly, <laughs> he's the best pound for pound wide receiver in the NFL, and he went in the sixth round, and I think he's quite good. <laughs> what do you want from me? I had an essay right here. I had, I was pouring out my heart in adoration of DeAndre Hopkins, and then you went second. I I was certain you would got would you gone Antonio Brown and Willow would have gone Julio Jones. But in all seriousness, Antonio Brown. I mean, I I know a lot of people will probably say it's probably because Big Ben is there, but alongside Hopkins, he's probably the best route running in the NFL. Um, great separation, great burst, quick quick in space, can run the entire route tree, can run a go route, blow the lid off a defense, catch a quick slant ticket, 60 yards to the house. Um, he's a great wide receiver. Um, I think anyone on the list that we've mentioned you'd, you'd love to have to build your franchise around. And yeah, Nick took my choice. So Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's about to go um, for four seasons in a row with more than 10 touchdowns. Um, five Last five years is yardage totals. Um, 1,499, 1,698. 1,834, 1,284, and he's already on 1,509 this year. Yeah, Big Ben, but I mean, yeah. And I I think Antonio Brown, I think I probably would take him just about over Julio Jones because he just... Who? Seems to do. He just seems to do everything, and yeah. Jones probably can do everything, but he doesn't get the necessarily get the opportunity no, to. Julio, um, I know you're going to hate to hear this, Willow, but Julio has a tendency to disappear. Antonio Brown doesn't disappear. He is always there every game getting his touches. Whereas Julio, you know, a big game, sometimes he, he goes missing. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not sure that's necessarily his fault, though. Right? Uh, you can't, if, we, if, he's not, if he's not getting the ball thrown to him, he, he can't be blamed for that. He's got to get open. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not getting into this. We're not getting into this. <laughs> Keep it civil. I mean... I mean, just throw that, the ball. No, no, forget it. Right, move on. What's the next question? <laughs> well, I mean, that was. But I just had a couple of them. Um, I mean, we, we've all gone for sort of the, the, the fairly um, 
I guess, obvious choices. I did wonder if someone was going to go for a really reliable slot receiver, like, say, a Julian Edelman or an Adam Thielen. Um, do we think, do, do we, are, we, are, we, are we maybe sleeping on what a good slot receiver can do for quarterback? Um, there's a time and a place for it, but the, the only I, reason... I feel like a slot yeah. receiver can also be replicated with a good tight end. <laughs> Very true, or a good, good, good running couple of running backs in the backfield. Maybe, maybe we've slept on AJ Green. You know, I know he's had a bad year, but most most of the years you'd, you'd put him up there. But he's had a, kind of a bad year, so maybe that's why we're we're skipping over him. And Mike Evans as well. My, one, a bad year. my one thing with AJ Green is that I don't think he can do everything in a way that the three we've mentioned have. I think he's he's not he, he's become. And I don't know if this is the way that Cincinnati have used him, especially this year. But he's become a bit of a dunks and screens or big plays um, receiver, and not enough of that stuff in the middle that kind of 10 to 20 yard gains so yeah. it will but maybe maybe and uh, we could add josh gordon's this list in a couple of years time depending on how how, how he comes back from the problems that he suffered that, off the field. that is a beautiful thing to imagine i think i think we all want josh gordon be, to be back to his best because he is that is what, him at his best is one of the most fun receivers and one of the most physically dominant and technically gifted receivers I suppose I could say that the other way around. Technically dominant and physically gifted receivers in the league works both ways. Yeah. He, anyone, any, anyone want to throw another name out? I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, Michael Thomas. I think I think he's on on the cusp of being in in that in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought about Mike Thomas. Um, he's got the tendency to disappear. Although the, the degree to that is degree to which that might be Sean Payton's patented game planning to make a receiver disappear as soon as everyone's got him in their fancy team. I don't know. Um, I think he's a little limited. He doesn't quite feel as fast enough. He's very good on sort of these slants and the sort of intermediate routes. I'm not sure on him about him as a deep threat. I'm not sure um, about him on, say, screens and just like um, anything sort of caught behind the line of scrimmage and I think what we've seen about the other three receivers even even New Hopkins I think they can all do that yeah I, mm. I, I think that the thing that you want with, with when you're building a, a franchise around a wide receiver is that you want that X receiver who's going to line up on his own and demand double coverage opening up the underneath guys the tight ends everything else and maybe these three guys because they're in the peak of their careers you know a couple of years ago you could have said something like a Larry Fitzgerald or even Dez a couple of years ago but they or Jordy mm. Nelson they seem to have fallen off a bit but I think the three guys we've gone for may, maybe some might say Odell Beckham but for me I think the size kind of hurts him in that sense where he's he's kind of not as physically dominant and can't just moss people like the guys on the list can but maybe some people would, would feel that we've, we've slept on OBJ a little bit here yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible we've forgotten about him because he's injured, which is, you know, us with a sort of recency bias. Um, and I think that would be a fair criticism. Mike Evans as well, The re- if, if we're going to go that route, you know, maybe because he's having a down year, we might forget about him most, most of the years. You'd, you'd put him up there, I'd say. But as you can see, lots of great wide receivers in the league at the moment when, even, when there's so many good ones that we even forget about the ones who are having one off year who have been amazing, like OBJ and Evans. But I think we need to wrap it up for this week because we could talk on like about our favourite receivers I think it would be great fun but that's it for this week um, and three weeks ago the regular season and it's exciting unless you're a Browns fan um, join us next week for another podcast and in the meantime check out the website theinsidezone.com for articles all week including some neat Football 101 articles which um, 
going up at the moment, which are taking you through concepts simple and complex. Um, the genuine recommended read, genuine show them to your friends to get them into the game. Yep. Anyway, follow us on Twitter at the Inside Zone on Facebook at facebook.com slash inside zone uk we're all on twitter too we've got at tom like nfl we've got at willow 290592 i'm i'm at long snaps ranked um i'm gonna say that again because tom was laughing over me i'm at long snaps ranked um and Otherwise known as Nick Dunkerson. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you all next week. Fins up. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the website at www.theinsidezone.com. Till next time.